0: Welcome to Life Church. We are an X242 Community, a family on a mission to bring the life of Jesus to Warrington. We hope you're ready to hear what God has to say to you today through his word and by his spirit. Right. Being with Jesus is the title. Um, I agreed to do these preachers because it was supposed to be our Liz, but they were, they were really good subjects, so when I jumped on it. <laughs> so, typically, typical guy gives a woman the hard work and he jumps on the easy stuff. Um, I mean, with, with me, my whole life, as my whole testimony is living with Jesus. Both me and my wife live a very sacrificial life, particularly in this season. Um, so talking about love your neighbor when I'm doing Eden is pretty easy in that respect because it's part of what we do in our lifestyle choice. And it's the same with if you're, I, I guess the first point is is actually you need to uh, be being with Jesus in order to have been with him. Being with him is something afterwards. So you need to be being with Jesus in order to have been with him. Um And I think, just roll on to the next slide for us, please. Um, I'm going to share some scriptures, but I'm also going to drop into some testimonies. Because one of the great things about, even when I reflect in my life journey, before I was saved, I had the privilege of being brought up in a Christian family. And I I came across different people in my life who um, really, really, really powerfully, even in my deepest sin, I recognized there was something on them that was extremely godly. Um, and it, I couldn't... There is something about the power of God when they're, very, when they're living that lifestyle where they're fully in love with Jesus. It just comes through them. It radiates the presence of God. It oozes the love of God. Um, I mean, I had the great privilege of working in a prison. And for me... One of the best ways for me to do my life to people who have lived that lifestyle of knowing nothing but crime is actually was just to love them. Yeah, my words were tested out of my life I was living. I could preach the gospel and say I'm a fantastic Christian. Jesus has saved my life. But when you work with people eight hours a day, they see the real you. Yeah, they don't see the Sunday face. They see who you are. So sometimes there was times that I was a flaky Christian. And do you know what? Best policy sometimes was just to hold my hands up and say, I'm sorry, I've got it wrong. I will do better next time. We are not the finished article. But I'll just give a couple of testimonies first. Is that for me... I always remember I was about eight years of age. I was at a Christian conference and there was a man who was in our church and basically he lived by faith and he went around the world talking to people about Jesus. So we didn't really see him much in our church because he was going around the world preaching. But he lived a very simplistic life. He lived in a room. I was there was three, I was part of a house church movement, um, which is very like New Testament style. So the church was in people's houses. And I was in a street of, of uh, where the pastor was, and there was three committed families in Christ, of which my mum and dad were one of them, and then four of us that were around as kids. And I always remember him, because he lived actually in the house at the other end of the street. But when he was there, and we used to go and visit that family, there was just something about him. That was just so loving, so caring. He didn't have to say anything. There was just a presence about him. And I always remember, he, he once, I was, I was, we went to this Christian festival conference, and he came up to me and he just went, Mark, he just said, I want to bless you. I want to give you a fiver. Now, a fiver back in my day was a lot of money. right? And and it, but it was just. It was, he gave it me, but he just said, Mark, I give it because God wants to bless you. And there was something about it when he did it. He deposited something of a father's heart to me. He demonstrated it very, very, very practically. Um, And it's encouragement to all of you here. Sometimes it's actually not just telling people about Jesus. It's just doing a love act sometimes, just thinking of somebody else before yourself. Uh, and that was really, really, like, it, it, it spoke to me in, in, in a way that i had not been probably challenged before. But growing up and seeing him and hearing his stories, there was just something about his character that was just on fire for God. Um, and as, as time went on, we, we, I actually moved from, my, from London, where I live, and we moved to a church in Liverpool, in Toxteth, um, and it was there at the age of nearly 22 that I became a Christian. But he actually was, he had moved up to be part of that church, because it was a network. And this guy is now in his 80s, he's still doing mission, he's still living by faith, And one day he came up to me and he said, Mark, I've had you on my heart. And I just said, "And you know, he's a prayer. If you ever prayed with him, his prayer meetings aren't 15, 20 minutes. They're hours, right? You will fall to sleep in the room, right? But I'm telling you what, you will also see things that you have never experienced before. He brings heaven to earth. Um, And it's just that enthusiasm. But typically, because we're flesh and blood, we get bored, we get encouraged, we get bored, we get encouraged. But he came up to me and he he said, he said, Mark, he said, "Um, I'm going to pray for you this week. I have set my heart to pray for you. Now, I know this guy prays. And I'm telling you, I had one of the best weeks of my life. Why? Because somebody... Who had been in the presence of God, and knows the presence of God, was investing an area of his time into my life, and you know what? My problems, my relationship with God, just went easier. Why? Because he was fighting the battles on his knees for me. Um, and you know what? We can do that in our own life. Is especially for you, parents. Right, I, my mum and dad are in there. My dad's 76, my mum's 70, 71. Um, they've been prayer warriors in their latter years. They work often in healing and deliverance, so they've had to pray over things. But they pray often for not only me and my girls and my wife, but they also pray for the next generation. They pray into things that are yet unseen. They're praying for my girl's husbands. They're paying for my girl's children, even though they're not on earth. And it's just the difference of wisdom. We tend to, I remember when I first become saved, you do like that little prayer list. You focus on you. Lord, help me with my passions. Help me with this. Help me with that. And then you get a bit more mature, and then you start thinking, well, actually, the deeper things are pride, selfishness. Lord, it tends to be about us. And then all of a sudden you 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 get more mature and then you start thinking, but it's incredible when you stick somebody with age and wisdom how diverse their prayers become and how effective their prayers become because they have learnt that when they have been with Jesus, yeah, how much that actually means. It's not a tick-box prayer list. Actually, God intervenes, He saves. It changes situations and circumstances, And often the best change is not outwardly. It's often inwardly in our lives. That God works in us. Yeah, Some of you are going through horrendous situations and circumstances. And it can be very challenging. And I, I always love this. Uh, um, I forget what the guy's name is now. But there was a preacher and he always talked about offence. And as Christians, we're very sensitive because God's given us a sensitive heart. And it's very easy to be offended. But offend, offense is a choice. We can choose to be offended. So if somebody says something offensive to us, it's whether or not we choose to position ourselves to be offended. And it's a very important learning curve because sometimes it, the depth is dealing with our, with our being, with who we are. Um, bit off subject there. But do you know what one of the one of the great things again of of testimony is I remember a guy who was smuggled out of Hungary when the Iron Curtain was down, not literally an iron curtain, although it probably felt like that. So when Hungary was under the Soviet system, its people were captivated; they were held captive, no freedom, no choice. The religion of that time was communism in its pure form, which actually doesn't believe in God. It used to, he used to imprison. So this guy who come, he was smuggled out to share it around some of the churches of London. And do you know what? I just again seen something on him, which was just truly amazing. The presence on him. He was like, he was in his 80s. He spent more time in prison than living because he was a pastor and he wouldn't shut up about his Christian faith. And here he was standing in this room and it was, he, he, the, his eyes were radiant. His face shone and it was just like, but he was like a little kid, he was just that excitable spirit, he was just bouncing around on fire, love proclaiming Jesus, but it was beautiful, Uh, but again, little points, it it left a memory in me, and actually, I look back now being saved, I want to be like that, that was because he has been in the presence of God, because he had been, been with Jesus, yeah? And, and for us in our, in our life, and sometimes it is just easy to come to church for an hour and a half. It is. And sometimes it's easy just to have that where you're in the presence of God and it, it, you feel emotionally connected. But to be a, to be a Christian is to be Christ-like. That's not just Christ-like on a Sunday. It's Christ-like every minute of the day. I have a choice, and we all have a choice when we wake up and we position ourselves whether we want God or not. See, Jesus is always at our side, and it's up to you whether or not you entertain that. Now, even with me, if I'm honest, there are times in my life that, I sometimes pick and choose how close I get to God. But often that's in my own foolishness. It's often because of sin that's got into my life, whether it's into the my mind or whether it's actual sin. It causes a barrier, a separation, and it closes your 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 mind to God down. And it sometimes it often, I mean the devil's very, very crafty. Yeah. He is as a thief in the night. He slipped in. And it's often very, very slowly. Our culture, and I'm not trying to offend people who may be poor, because I'm poor at the moment, yeah? So I'm not being critical of that. But sometimes in church life, there's an affluence. And affluence makes people comfortable because it gives you a tool to be content in. And sometimes they call it that very middle class comfortableness yeah and there's a choice of how we position our lives Um, and I, I know Christians who are on fire for God but I also know Christians who are trying to sit on the fence and that fence just doesn't exist you're either for and with Jesus or you are against him and the scripture's very, very, very black and white. There is no middle ground. And I don't say that to make you heavy or condemned. I say that to encourage you because we all make mistakes. We all fall short. We all do things we shouldn't do. Yeah? I am probably the chief amongst you. If I was to reveal my sin, here in this room, half of you probably want to walk out the room, there's a reality that Jesus is our covering of our sin. So unless we're in that intimacy, unless we're in that relationship, we won't, we won't really get it. We'll get lost. And you know what? I know in my own life, it's actually quite simple. If you read your Bible and if you pray every day, you will find your life changing. And the encouragement is to use them. I am a man of the Spirit. I love the gift of the Holy Spirit, but I still need His Word. And I naturally struggle with His Word because I'm dyslexic. I actually don't really get much out of the Word of God when I read personally. But what I find is that when I do read it, God brings things to remembrance. He uses that which I say. And also, some of the greatest words I've ever received prophetically have not always come from people telling me through the gift of the Holy Spirit, whether it's interpretation, whether it's a prophetic word. It's actually often in the scripture, um, especially when He's confirming something. You know, when I came onto Eden, I had to give up my house and, and, and make a sacrificial life choice. I didn't just do it because God said God gave me, a vision—very clear vision. Go and partner with Eden. Go and partner with Life Church. And go and partner with Emmaus. Very, very clear direction. But I didn't just up my bags and immediately leave. I asked God, and in the reading of the Word, I found solace. I found answer. Uh, and it's just to encourage you in that. Right, being with Jesus. We're gonna we're gonna bore, we're gonna focus on the Word of God. Um, Is This is uh, uh, Peter and John before uh, being tested, really, um, and being judged. Um, And sometimes we are. We can often be judged, work colleagues, family. We're held to account. This is just a great encouragement. Um, The priest and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. They were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people, proclaiming Jesus the resurrection of the dead, right? So here you are. They're proclaiming the gospel, the gospel that Jesus has instructed them to do. And they were speaking. um, But, you know, these guys were disturbed. I tell you what, some of my family, about some of the stuff that I say, they get disturbed because they don't like it. People... Who are outside the truth? Do not like truth. Um, we are we are slipping into a time where even people, renowned people in the in the uh, you know who, who are known within Christian circles, are choosing doctrines that are contrary to the Word of God. And do you know what? It, it it's it's a, it's an effort sometimes to actually say what you believe as a Christian. There's a cost. But be encouraged. Do you know what? In the same way through scriptures, Jesus was always ever present through the Spirit of God to encourage. He will give you the words necessary. He's a great encourager. So never feel that your voice is no value to it. Your value and your power is in the blood of Jesus. It's in who he is so, do not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Do not be ashamed of your testimonies that Jesus has given you. Um, and he says that they were going to. Blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, they they seized Peter and John, obviously because of the things they're declaring, and because it was evening. Yeah, they put them in jail until the next day. <clears throat> that made me laugh when I read that, because in reality. Yeah, they couldn't be bothered sorting out the paperwork, could they? So they threw him in prison for the following day. I mean, that's the world system, isn't it? It wants it all boxed, unless it's an inconvenience. Um, So it it made me laugh when I was reading that again. Um, But it says, but many who heard their message believed. So the number of men who believed grew to about 5,000. That's a great testimony of the hope in Christ. That just because they were under the kosh, as it were, they were under, the people were set against them, people of authority, people in position, didn't want them declaring the good news of Jesus. But they were bold. And in their boldness. And the same will happen in our own life. You know, one of the great joys, again, of working in prison, I see men so broken, so lost, so far from the kingdom of God and yet, yet come to faith because of knowing the power of forgiveness, knowing that God loves them, that revelation of just Jesus turning up and revealing who he is to, to them. And it was, a, and it was, a, and it was an amazing to be like a fly on the wall and just seeing the kingdom of God on earth at work. Um, and the great joys of watching, so this hope for all. But even with me, and do you know what, the greatest challenge wasn't with the lads I was working with; it was with my work colleagues. That was the hardest aspect, because they were actually even harder than some of the lads I was working with. They're preset, preconceived ideas. Um, I seen people supernaturally healed, of which the lads in prison would see it as God, but staff wouldn't. And you'd think when you've seen supernatural things, you'd think, come on, wake up, guys. Yeah. But Jesus did it. The Sadducees, the priests, they were calling him like Beelzebub. They're basically saying he's part of Satan's domain because he was healing on the Sabbath. He was doing things. And that's how messed up mankind can get. You can, you, Jesus did the most amazing things on earth, but those that don't want to see will not see. Um,. And there's there's a choice for all of us. We can believe this morning that Jesus is the God that can do all things over us or not. Um, So the next day, the rulers, the elders and the teachers of the law in Jerusalem and Ananias, the high priest was there. And so was Carthesis, is it? John, Alexander and the others of the high priest family. But they had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them by what power or what name do you do this right is is a straight up hard aspect yeah there's a choice they could either tell the truth or actually hide back give them a politically correct answer yeah so we move on to the next slide right then peter Filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people. So he's addressing, deliberately addressing the high officials, the very officials that put him in prison. So he's in a council meeting. If we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who is lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this. You and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Wow, well, I mean, that's like just putting it out there, isn't it? You know, if you were going to get prison for more days, that would be the saying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and, and sometimes with our, with our work colleagues and others, it's, it's very easy to retreat and family members to retreat into an appeasement. Our British culture is very, very, very reserved, yeah? Um, we tend to get rattled when our passion goes really high. But we like to be that appeaser. We like to be that diplomat. Yeah, but do you know what? The gospel is offensive, right? Truth is offensive. And here's just a lovely example. It says they were filled with the Holy Spirit. There was a conviction. Sometimes, you know, you can be speaking to people. I do it on the streets out here. Sometimes I can just get that conviction that when they're talking about a lifestyle choice, the Lord's just gone, Mark, it's not good for them. Tell them. And it's just like, oh my goodness, they're going to end up effing and jeffing at me, aren't they? And it's just that sense where, in that obedience to God, actually, I don't agree with what you're saying. I believe this. I believe Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And sometimes, and it's just being that sensitiveness, isn't it, sometimes to what God is saying. Um, Right, he said, Jesus, and he said, Jesus is, and he said, the, the stone you build rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Now, we all understand that that's actually linked to Old Testament passage, that God is always referred to the cornerstone. Yeah, it's a lovely metaphor and a lovely concept. I come from a building background, so I understand the, the importance of a cornerstone in a building. Yeah? So what they're doing is they're declaring that Jesus is the very cornerstone of the kingdom of God. He is the foundation to which everything is built, which goes against a lot of the Judaism theology at the time. So there he's actually questioning their doctrine, their very essence of their belief system. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Wow, (laughs) that's truth if you've ever heard it. When they saw the courage, Peter and John had realized that they were unschooled. Ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Yeah, unschooled uneducated, unwise, the period of that time, the only way you can move into a position of speaking in that manner was if you were schooled, if you were intelligent, if you probably knew the right people. Yeah, And here, their testimony is, actually, they are just ordinary men, unschooled, uneducated, proclaiming truths and doctrine from heaven now that gives us all hope especially me because even though I trained to be a teacher um, in further education I did it in latter life do you know what school education and uh, you know it has to be forgiveness is that I, I did mess around when I was at school and I messed around because people didn't invest. It was easier to mess around because I got more identity. Um, and also, I, one of the greatest fears for me was actually doing what I'm doing now, which is standing up and talking in front of one with people. Uh, and it just shows you the power of what God can do in people's lives, because I genuinely if I was asked to go up front, it would, it would probably start by a swear word, so I get kicked out of the classroom because it was more street get cred to get kicked out of a classroom than it was to look a fool in front of everybody. <clears throat> and here you go, and, and this, is, this is hope for everyone in this room, that actually God can take anybody, anywhere, and do anything with. You could be nation changers, yeah, anyone. If you position yourself in a place to be used of the kingdom of God, you will be. Next slide, please. Right. When I was doing this, I just thought, well, being with Jesus, that's really good, but not everyone's been with Jesus. And I thought, well, it's it's quite a harsh call, this one. And I just thought, actually, we need to look at the result of not being with Jesus. Yeah? Yeah? And it's quite, it's challenging. Now, I've used the message Bible, I think, for this one. I think it was a message. Um, It's obvious what kind of life develops out of trying to get your own way all the time. Repetitive, loveless, cheap sex, stinking accumulation of mental and emotional garbage, frenzied and joyless grabs for happiness, trinkets, Trinket gods, magic show religion, paranoid loneliness, cutthroat competition, all-consuming yet never-satisfying wants, a brutal temper, an impotence of love or to be loved. Divided homes, divided lives, small-minded and lopsided pursuits, the vicious habits of depersonalising everyone into a rival, Uncontrolled and uncontrollable addictions. Ugly parodies of community. And I could go on. Now, that's, that's harsh. That's harsh. But do you know what? That was my life before i have been with Jesus. Everything, everything in that is true. It's really harsh because sometimes we forget where we've come from. And sometimes, for you in this room, if you do not know Jesus, you will see similarities to your own characteristics within that. But I'm here to declare there is a hope. And that hope is in Jesus. It's not just in his name. It's who he is. He's God. He's able, literally, all that list in a twinkling of an eye to change it. If you surrender your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, I did it. And you know what? He revealed my sin to me and then instantly changed my sin, all that filthiness. I was so disgusted when God showed me my sin. And instantly, Lord, take it from me. Instantly, the peace of God, bam, straight into me. And then the Holy Spirit that lives in me. And that peace of God that rules over me, through me, and in me exists to this day. And I am so grateful for it because I recognize that when I share that lifestyle with other people out on the streets, I recognize that still Mark Lockwood, you take that from me, that would still be there. You take Jesus out of me, I will go back to doing that. The difference is I'd probably go back to worse Because God's given me a big soul. And when God gives you a big soul, when you slip from the things of God, you become a bigger vessel to be filled. So you look to consume your life if you step away from the kingdom of God with more sin. Uh, Next one. And here comes the hope. (laughs) But what happens when we live God's way? He brings gifts into our lives, much the same way the fruit appears in an orchard. Things like affection for others. We're not thinking about ourselves. Exuberance about life, this purpose, this hope, serenity, peace. We develop a willingness to stick with things. Oh my goodness, what I was like before I was saved. Oh wow, there was no stickability any relationship was just a twinkling of an eye. Um, a sense of compassion in the heart. A conviction that a basic holiness permeates things and people. Godly character. We find ourselves involved in loyal commitments. Mate, it's a miracle, a miracle, miracle that I've been married nearly 28 years if you had known me before I was a Christian, even all my mates, that my old mates that I knock around with, they still lead that broken life, just even in sometimes relationships. It's just messy. Not needing to force our way in life, able to marshal and direct our energies wisely. You know, Lord, I am so thankful for you in my life. I am. Because he makes me a good husband. He makes me a good dad. He makes me able to have compassion for other people. Because believe me, without Jesus, it just wouldn't be happening. I'd probably be either in prison or dead. I have an addictive personality. I like to fill my void with different things. So I recognize the goodness of God. Right, just finishing off the scripture. Legalism is a helpless in bringing this about. It only gets in the way. You can come to church, you can tick all the boxes, you can do the God tick, right? But actually, the intimacy is with Jesus, yeah? It's that personal commitment. For those who are in relationships with partners, is that it's the same. If you're just ticking the boxes, going through the motions, there is no depth to it. Jesus is always, always ever-present. As soon as we ask him, he's always there. It's just whether or not we do. Among those who belong to Christ, everything connected with getting our own way and mindlessness, responding to what everyone else calls necessities, is killed off for good. It is crucified. Do you know what? It's a beautiful picture that when we submit... There are elements that God will actually put some of our sinful nature into hell. He says, I remember your sin no more. So when we confess our sins, Jesus doesn't hold it account us. us. One get to heaven and go, a massive roll scroll. He just says, I choose never to remember it no more. There is forgiveness, but it is only through Jesus. It is the only way to the Father. Since this kind of life we have chosen, the life of the Spirit... Let us make sure that we do not just hold it as an idea in our heads or a sentiment in our hearts, but work out the implications in every detail of our lives. That means we will not compare ourselves with each other as if one of us were better and another is worse. <laughs> oh, wow, that's terrible in British culture, isn't it? We are so good at talking behind each other's backs. Yeah. Do you know what? The least will be the most in the kingdom of God. So unless you have a servant heart that is prepared to, to be used of the king, he said, you, you're, "You're. do you know what? Those that humble themselves would have a great, great mansion in heaven. You know that. Yeah. So there's wisdom in leading that lifestyle. Well, where are we up to? That means we will not compare ourselves. Right. We have far more interesting things to do with our lives. Each of us is an original. You are original. You are. You have been made in the likeness of the image of God. You, your soul, your very being, not your flesh and blood, has been fashioned and honed by the hands of a living God. Yeah? That intimacy. The reason why, if Jesus reveals himself to you, you will know who he is. Because our soul knows its maker. So you will know Jesus if he reveals himself to you. And more importantly, the very being that fashioned you wants to be in a relationship with you. Next slide. I have to wrap this up because we are, we are rolling. Um, you can take a picture of this. It's... Um, It's 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 a link on the suite we use right now. Media. Um, If you take a picture of it, it's a good one. It's basically a lady who's talking about holiness living, Um, but it links in with this. We've not got time to go through with it. You will need to sign up to that right now. Media. Um, There is, uh, there we we do have access through it through Life Church. So if you're struggling to log on to it, please come and see me. I, I can even watch it on that later. Um, it's do you know what? I, 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 this was um, from the same paragraph, the scriptures that we're reading. It just starts off. This, it starts off in that in the paragraph in Galatians. Christ has set us free to live a free life, so that so take your stand. Never again let anyone put a harness of slavery on you. Yeah, fight! You have a will in you that God has purposed. You can choose, regardless of the world situation and your personal circumstances, if you will in your depth to love the Lord your God with all your heart, He will move mountains for you. Next one, and then we'll—I'm just very conscious of time. Um, This is just a reflection points um the titled it the life of freedom we actually all want it to be free from our sins which lay heavy over our life we are designed as human beings to be free god has god wants that for us and this morning the invitation is do you want to know that freedom Because do you want that testimony of actually knowing and being with Jesus? Yeah? Fight for your freedom. Fight for that free will that you have. We've come to the end of this week's message. We hope you've been impacted and inspired. Keep up to date with everything that's happening by visiting our website at www.lifechurchority.com.